0: Very special episode this week, Jersey Baseball Show. We've got uh, one of the guys that we've enjoyed most watching, you know, all through his career pretty much coming up locally, um, Northern Burlington, first Little League All-Star, high school All-Star, long, wonderful college career, um, little career in the pros, and uh, kind of here to talk about Act Two with Ryan Shin. Ryan is uh, home on the farm down in uh, in, in, in Northern Burlington, and uh, welcome
1: that's what's uh, going on I'll show you
0: outstanding want to do uh just kind of update everybody you know guys who've who've you know people who've seen you like I said you know in central jersey all throughout kind of your your career and 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 kind of talk about what's going on now because you know you made the decision at the start of the year start of 2021 to mm-hmm. to end the the playing part of the career right yeah. from uh, the Mets system yeah and uh Kind of moving to Act Two, and and you've kind of turned it into quite a quite a pretty cool Act Two with uh, with some some you know online presence, some video uh, you know work, some some working with uh, with guys. So tell us about what you're doing now. I see you're wearing the Shin Swings shirt. So uh, let's let's get everybody up to date here.
1: Yeah. So this is my hitting business at Shin Swings. Um, I train baseball players, whether it's team or individual. Uh, I actually started it. When I got my when I started my pro career, so when I got drafted, um, went and played in the summer, and then came back. And then when you're in the off season, you have a lot of time to your training, and you only you've got like this four to six months. You can't really get a normal job or anything. Like it's kind of like a an in between period. So minor leaguers are kind of forced to just do whatever they can. So I love training guys. I love hitting. So I was like, oh, I got start up some hitting lessons. Um, what a lot of guys do in the off season. And I started doing that and I didn't have the name or didn't do anything. It was just, just local stuff. Um, started working with them and then I ended up having hip surgery that off season and was, that was, I had a hip labrum surgery. So that was an eight to 12 month recovery. So I was out of commission for a while. I couldn't, I couldn't do lessons. Couldn't even, I was sitting on my couch for a lot of the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I was doing that. And then with, when COVID hit and everything, I was back to normal and just kind of started to back up and then just kind of naturally kind of just kept building and kept building and kept building. And then when I made that decision to retire, it was just, it was, it was, it was already free flowing. And I have, I have such a, a client list now and of guys that I work with that it's, it's been awesome. It's been everything that I really couldn't have even imagined. I just started it as like a, a way to make it's men's meet, and um, now I've turned it into something that can be full-time and sometime in the future get a uh, a facility maybe and, and get some things working but it's been uh it's been really good it's been awesome.
0: So you've kind of hit both sides of it it seems like you've got the uh the online following uh, anybody you can we'll give you a chance to to promo and, and pitch yeah TikTok site which has got half million views of all the things you posted which you know for me that sounds like I never half million of anything is crazy
1: I know it's and that's what it kind of happened organically I I post, I started posting on like Instagram and stuff that's just the world it is today you need you need a social media presence and um my girlfriend was into TikTok and I, I never got into the TikTok and I was just like no like TikTok is dumb like it's it's for little kids and then it's what my dog is on right now while we're while we're filming literally and like they're all dancing on it and stuff like that i was like no i'm not gonna be on tiktok and then um actually my good friend tj collette he was my teammate at uh kentucky he had a tiktok like a hitting tiktok kind of similar and he was just posting drills and stuff like that and he was getting like insane amount of followers and all that stuff and he wasn't doing it to make money or anything just like i'm not doing it to make money it's really, it's just posting stuff like content. Like we, as college and pro guys, you don't realize the stuff that you do on a day-to-day basis. And like, it's the little things, it's whatever drills you're doing, whatever stuff you're doing. It's so beneficial to so many people that you just overlook it. And like, I can post the simplest thing that for me, I overlook it. And like, Oh, that's, that's simple stuff. Like I know that I've known that for years, but there's half a million kids, like you said, around the world that are seeing it for the first time. And they're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And it's like, I feel like I have like a moral obligation just to kind of to get like I've, I've been so blessed with coaching and um, great coaches and mentors throughout my career that like the stuff that they've told me and they've given me has changed my career path. And um, if I can just give one little snippet to a kid that might change his career or change his game um even if it's one game one at bat if they can change it for the better i think it's i think that's awesome
0: and so you've got that part of it now do you do a lot of video analysis for people or are you primarily working you know face-to-face
1: so i I do both i um i do a a lot of face-to-face individual like training and all that stuff but i do offer um like swing analysis so like which is awesome, which is really cool because it's transitioning just like every anything in the normal world now everything's got to be everything's virtual everything is you could i can work with a kid from california or texas and work on his swing and talk to him about his swing without ever actually meeting him we can i could send him clips of his swing to this that and the other and i've had kids that i've worked with from texas that Like I'll send him, I'll send him clips of his swing. I'll break it down this, that, and the other. And then he'll text me the next day and said, dude, like I hit a home run today. Like that. It's just really cool that you never would have thought you could do. But now with like the age of technology, you're able to.
0: Have an impact on so many people that you would never think would be possible.
1: Yeah. And it's just little things too. Like I said, like, it's not even hitting is so simple, but it's so complicated. Like, some of the things that you can immediately translate and hitting are the simplest things ever. And all it takes is like I like to say, like, you don't have to have the best swing, but if you know what you're doing, you can be success- like successful. Like I can make a kid I can't, like physically, but like anybody can get better by just a flip of a mindset or a tinker of something in the head. It doesn't have to be a swing mechanic change every time. A lot yeah. of the times when I'm doing training, I don't even really touch the mechanics unless i need to like i don't i'm not a cookie cutter one way like works for everyone i don't think your swing needs to look identical everybody's swing in the big leagues looks different you get to a point where they need to be similar in an aspect but everybody's stance and swing are completely different and i think that if you just flip that mindset a little bit or or what you're looking for in and at bat, that you're going to be a lot more successful
0: Yeah, they don't call them swing coaches. They don't call them, you know, stance coaches.
1: They call them hitting coaches. And I think
0: people forget that this is where, you know, more than half, I think, you know, you get to a certain point, your swing works, relatively speaking, right? It's, it's, yeah. So, but, but knowing, but knowing you and, and always been a, a, a people person, you know, there's still something really cool about the immediate, you know, seeing it click in, in, yeah of them too so you had the chance to well, I get before that the name you know you you didn't have the name at the start where where did I mean it's anybody who knows you and and knows you like to hit I mean it's perfect yeah did you get credit for that or did somebody come up with that for you
1: uh I, I came up with that and it was kind of it was like I said it was organic I never really envisioned myself as an entrepreneur that was going to start a business and right. it kind of just happened um and it was just a point of like, it makes it easy for people too, like to look for something like they can Google shin swings or they can look up shin swings rather than just saying, well, I know Ryan Shin does hitting lessons to type in Ryan Shin hitting lessons. Like right. my Facebook page used to be Ryan Shin hitting lessons. Um, so this just makes it an easier one-stop shop for people. And I made I made t-shirts and apparel and stuff like that. So like yeah. I, I got kids, kids repping it now and it's really cool to see.
0: So you had the chance to to do your first camp this summer, right?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and I have you talk about that, and I'll put up a picture. And of course, you picked the hottest week of the summer to do it.
1: Of course, uh, so that that was a uh, that week was I'll, I'll, We'll talk about it. That was a uh, adventure for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: So so what do we what do we got here? So this was a camp that was put together very very quickly. I uh, it was an idea that sparked from from a lot of my clients they were talking about like all the summer camps that they were doing um, for their kids just trying to keep them busy and stuff like that and they were like you should do a hit like a baseball camp like the kids would love it and I was like yeah like maybe like maybe next year like I, I don't know if I could put it together this year and then I like started to brainstorm and I was like really I have the connections I could I could put it together like it doesn't have to be huge it doesn't have to be just just whoever can can come. Um, so I started doing all the logistics stuff and I put it together and um, we ended up having 47 guys show up. And it was an awesome time. I had seven to eight instructors and we had really talented instructors. I don't think for the the seven to 12 of you guys that are there, I don't think they realized how much talent we had at that uh, that camp. Because we had Drew Wires, who was area player of the year for the public school. We had Carson Applegate from HUN, area player of the year for the prep school. We had Trey Todd, who um, is, went to Gloucester Catholic, got drafted by the Dodgers. Yep. We had Ad, Adam Rapp helped out, who played two, at two different Division I schools. Like, we had an insane amount of talent at that at <laughs> that camp that, like, the kids, like, they just, they, what they loved, it was that all the, the instructors were so personable and so good with kids yeah um,
0: that's quite a group you got there
1: uh, yeah, like insane amount of like talent and knowledge, but they were also all great with the kids. Um, awesome with the kids and you got you got great feedback from that, I'm sure. Yeah, it was awesome. It was uh, it was four days and we did everything from like drill work, made it fun with them and to a lot of competitions. One of my my big things is just making it competitive. I think iron sharpens iron and like even if you're having fun, I think there's always a competition. So I had, I had prizes. I had snacks to give out and stuff like that for, for different, like, line drive challenges and all that stuff, just to make it competitive and fun. And I took a bunch of videos, and, like, these kids were fired up. Like, and you get yeah. kids you get kids that want to compete. Like, but the tough part is when they're at that age, too, like, there's some tears involved and all yeah. that stuff, because nobody likes to lose. But I think that's a great learning experience that, like, there's going to be winners. There's going to be losers. Like in this, in like our day and age, like everybody's a winner, but like in sports, you're not like, that's not not everybody's not
0: because then you get to some point where it's not and and you don't have to
1: handle it. Yeah. So like, even at their age, like I like to have that competition and like, it's okay. If you lose, there's in baseball, there's going to be a next game. There's going to be another at that. Like you're going to fail, but there's also, there should be a reward if you win. So like, in all the competitions and all the games, there was prizes, this, that, and the other. And like, if you didn't win, that's fine. Like there's no punishment for not winning, but there's a reward for winning. Right. And all the kids like were, they did an awesome job. Like there was, we didn't have many tears. Like they were, they were competitive. I actually had a good teammate award too of like, you didn't have to be the most talented guy there, but if you were a good teammate and you were cheering guys on and you were just consistent. With your mindset and your and like your are being a teammate all week, you could have won a prize. And it happens that like that's what if you're a good teammate, you're you're a vital part of any team yeah, organization. Depending whether you're playing good or you're playing bad, you need good teammates to be to build good team chemistry. And it was uh, it was just an awesome camp, but it did not come with. No obstacles like anything. We uh so it was supposed to be at a facility where I had a field Mm -hmm. and an and an indoor. That worked well for that day, right? For one day it was perfect. The indoor (laughs) was the indoor had air conditioning and so like it had a it was, yeah, you said hottest day of the year. It was it was ninety-five degrees all four days, of course, blazing sun, 95 degrees. And um it was supposed to be indoor and outdoor. So the first day, it was like half and half. Like you had half the time in the AC, cool off, hit in the cage and all that stuff. And then half the time in the field. So it worked perfect. And then, so that was Monday. And then Monday night, it downpoured, like all night downpoured. And I wake up in the morning and I was like, you know, like it rained hard. I should go check on the field just to make sure there's no like just sitting water. Sure. Um I was like I have to go get quick dry and like get the field ready and all that stuff. So I show up early and people start the camp started at nine. So people are starting showing up at like 8 30. I showed up at 7 30 and I'm pulling into the facility. I'm like trying to like peek to see if I see any like yeah. see any uh water and all of a sudden I get to where I'm pulling on pulling in and it's a driveway with like a, a bridge so that's the only way up it's a one lane it's a one lane bridge and all of a sudden i'm pulling up i'm driving up and there's no bridge anymore the bridge had completely collapsed from the rain like i i was looking at a stream of water it looked like a river like and it it might have been it was probably a 10 foot hole of distance yeah nothing it was just straight water flowing, they and I was like, to "Get there early." I was like, "Oh my god!" I didn't. My first thought was like, "I don't like what? What do I do?" Like, I was like, "I don't know," and yeah. I was like, "Uh oh!" So I called the township that I had rented the facility from, and but nobody's answering. It's seven thirty in the morning. Like they're not even up yet. And I was like, <laughs> I was like "Oh my god!" Like, nobody's answering their phone, and I was like, "Uh oh!" So. I just immediately I'm like I know I have to cancel today like there's no way (laughs) like it it was it was soaking wet in general and I was like I had to cancel like I so I had to get my mom helped my my girlfriend helped like we got the list of of all the
0: uh of all the the campers
1: got it out and just said like stay tuned like for what's gonna happen and um it ended up working out we went over to the across the street they have uh they have three fields so it, it was actually more space it was better off but um, it was it was hot cuz there was no a- ac there's no indoor but it was a uh, it was an adventure to say the least yeah my goodness
0: sure so so you you run that obviously you're going to sure we're going to do that again next year yeah uh, yeah but you've had such a great and unique journey to get to this point right so i mean it, all area, Northern Burlington, Florida Gulf Coast for a year, up to Hartford for a couple of years. So you got the JUCO route, yeah. Hockey. So you got the Power Five, SEC, yeah. Carter, You know, all SEC route. Um, the Mets. So you got the Pro Bowl. Some of the guys along the way who you know, because you're you're doing all these things. You you mentioned that that you kind of learn along the way and 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 never realize the impact it can have on others, but. You know, if you think back now, you know, a couple of the guys who really had an impact on you and
1: your, your learning. Yeah. um, My God, there's so many of them. So many. Um, A lot of teammates, too. Mm -hmm. Like I said, TJ Collette has been one of my best friends since college. And he was the last school I've been to. Like, if, if things were different, I might not have ever met him. Um, the, The entire coaching staff at Kentucky was, was awesome. Um, my hitting coach. Uh, I don't want to say I steal it, but like a lot of the info that I give and, and train is is coming straight from Coach Gwill at Kentucky. He mm-hmm. was an awesome mentor, awesome hitting guy. He's actually the, um, the hitting coach now at Utah. He got the hitting coach job there. And he is just an awesome human being, awesome man. Um, and he really, really just loves hitting and puts it in a perspective of like, like we like we we're talking about. You don't have to have the mechanics all the time. He's all about the mindset and the approach and and going in there with a the plan and really just perfecting your plan. And like once you have a really good plan, it's like that takes over rather than the mechanics. Um, so like that changed my game for that that completely turned my career around. When I stopped worrying about my mechanics and all this stuff. Yep. And I went strictly into my plan. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was awesome. Um, and just even. No, it's, it's funny
0: you say that because I've always thought whatever you're doing, once you can kind of flip that switch from thinking internally mm-hmm. and to, to thinking, you know, externally about things. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what kind of that's that's when you can take off. You know, oh could, my yeah you no, know, I'm sure absolutely that's you took off as a hitter that way. I mean, look at your last year at, at Kentucky.
1: Yeah, like I said, and and I give him so much credit because, and it doesn't come with without adversity. Like it it was we didn't connect well my junior my junior year. Like a lot of I call them verbal cues. Like in hitting, like there's a thousand different ways to say the same thing. Yep, and like what he was telling me my junior year like we just couldn't connect and we were trying, like he was working after with me. I was like trying super hard to connect with him and we just couldn't find what was working. Like what he was saying just wasn't working in my head. And Mm -hmm. I was like, no, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work because to me, it seemed so different from what I was just doing at Harford. And I came from Harford where I just hit 20 home runs and I hit 400 or whatever. And I'm like, no, like what I'm doing is working. Why would I change this? Right. And like that was so short thinking because I like didn't want to change. I was stubborn. And then all of a sudden the spring rolls around and I needed to change. Like the things that I was doing needed adjustments because I was getting beat in the sec. Like my bear, my, I was late. I was under balls. I was striking out. Like I needed to make adjustments and he saw that and it took me to fail to realize that. And I think it takes, it's just anything like you, you have to take a step back sometimes to take a step forward. So like, I thought I was on top of the world going to Kentucky and then all of a sudden, bang, another step back Mm -hmm. and to go forward though, to where I just flipped it. We kept working, we kept working and finally something just clicked and we started to be like, wait, he's like, well, this is what I'm saying. I'm like, well, why didn't you just say that? And he's like, (laughs) and of course it's like, it's like a light bulb moment. It's like, wow. Like we just been saying the completely different things, but we're really, we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. And it's just, it was a really interesting way to look at hitting because I think we both made each other better in terms of, I had a a different way to say it than he did. And then we learned from each other and it just made me a, a completely different hitter.
0: And, and really I think the lesson or the, the kind of credit here is that you kept trying, you know, you both kept trying to, to find that way to make it work.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, some coaches or some players might turn off too quickly. Oh, and, and a lot of, yeah. You know, the reward was a great last year and getting drafted.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I give him, so much credit and uh, I respect him so much and thank him so much because he didn't, like you said, didn't shut it off. Like he could have been like, well, this kid like doesn't want to do any, Like this kid doesn't want to like truly commit and like invest in what I'm doing and could have just been like, ah, whatever, like do it yourself.
0: Or just but, be a one way, and I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna modify what I'm saying to get to the end point, and you can just that too. They just oh, have for sure. Don't if you can't pick up the one way, then
1: that's it. Yeah, like yeah, or like my way, it's been working for me for he's been coaching for I don't know forty years or whatever. Like right. obviously, it's worked for him. So right. like he could have been like, no, this works. You have to figure it out. But he adjusted and he found a way to make it work and. um, just continued to, to pour into me in, in, in a good way of, yeah. of being supportive. And, and it's just, like I said, it changed my whole career.
0: And, and longer than your, just your career. I mean, obviously that was the, the immediate, you know, arc that you noticed, but think about what you're doing now, obviously. And, and yeah. I can imagine that kind of lesson is invaluable to what you're doing now because guys aren't going to always get it the first time.
1: And that's, It's it's yes, that is exactly the right way to put it, but not going to get it the first time. And it's not going to be the same thing for everyone. Like the way I say something and I I tell my guys this all the time. I'm like, I ask them, does this make sense? Does this make sense? And I'm like, I don't want you to just say yes so we can move on. Like, (laughs) I need you to either like to tell me it makes sense. And like, if I think they don't understand it, I'm like, explain it to me. What did I just say? I need this to click in your head. And if it doesn't, that's totally fine. Like, like I'm not saying that the way I'm saying it is hundred percent right, but I can say it a different way. Like I said, there's a thousand different ways to say the same thing. If I need to say it a different way, I will. I'll say it however I need to say it, or I'll learn how to say it that way. I was like, but there is not a right way to say it. Some like I have one kid that he's so smart. He does like coding. He literally code. He's only like, he's only nine years old and he codes and that's just the way his brain works. Right. And like, I'll say something to him and he's like, oh, and he like puts it into coding terms. He's like, so like, I have to put like the input first to get the output or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, if, if that's how it clicks in your head, that's how I'll say it. Like that's, yeah. it's whatever works for you. You got to know your hitters,
0: you know, more. Yeah else i mean know how they how they communicate
1: yeah and it it really is like you said it's a hitting coach it's not it's not necessarily i like to it's hitting as a conversation and like kevin wilson says it best um i was gonna bring him up but
0: yeah
1: he he works it's, it's such a small world um i had never physically met him until i met him through tommy mccarthy he uh he works with tommy mccarthy And he says hitting is a conversation and it's so true because I could have an hour session with a kid and you don't even need to hit one ball. You really don't like you don't have to even hit. We could this could be a session right now, a hitting session. We're talking about hitting and you could go into the game. You could hit you could hit better because of, like we said, your mindset or whatever it is. It doesn't always have to be the mechanics. So. It really is just getting in the head of yeah. your approach and how to hit, not necessarily always the mechanics of it.
0: Yeah. Kev was shortstop on my first team. So that was that's
1: really that's how old I am. Old really? I am.
0: <laughs> wow. It's it is crazy, though, how it, everything is such a small world, you know, it, is, it really is. oh but uh, yeah. all right so so pro ball right you you get yeah. the dream of of everybody you know everybody that, that you know the, the age of the guys that you were at your camp you know they dream yeah. of okay, I'm going to get drafted one day and and you got to experience that um what's one thing that people would be surprised to know about pro ball um that that we can say on the uh you know without getting in trouble um uh, but I'm- you know that that year, you know, a couple pro bombs. I mean, that's something you'll remember forever, I'm sure.
1: Oh, absolutely! The whole pro experience is, um, it's, in – of course, it had to be with the Mets of all teams, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was funny because I I grew up a Phillies fan my entire life, really big Phillies fan, diehard Phillies fan. My dad actually made a joke before the draft. He was like, "You got 29 teams you're getting drafted by." He's like, "You don't got 30 teams you can get drafted by. You got you got 29." And, and of it was the 30th it, it did, of course. Of course, it works out that way. But like I said, I always I turned into a big Mets fan the day they drafted me because I have so much respect and just grateful grateful for the opportunity. Um, and really, once I was in the organization, like, like I said, you meet guys and yeah. like it's just the name on a jersey. Like I all I the guys in the organization. Play. Yeah, sure. there's I met big leaguers. Brendan Nemo, he's an awesome guy. Yeah. Um, all the, all the coaches and everything are, are awesome. I still talk to a lot of them. Um, but yeah, it was just an incredible experience. Stressful for, for, for sure. Um, I had a really good year at Kentucky and I, I thought I might've gotten picked up a little bit earlier. Um, I actually got a call earlier and I, I thought it might've happened and it, it just didn't. Like I said, some things just don't work out. Um, yep. But was fortunate enough to get picked up later in the draft and and once once you get to pro ball i think one of the big lessons too is like it doesn't matter what round you're in you're just as important as everybody else in terms of like the day to day nobody knows what draft what year you were drafted what round you were drafted you just become one of the guys and you could be a first rounder you could be a last pick it doesn't matter it's just a matter of how you show up how much work you put in like how successful you are and just like how good of a teammate you are. Um, And that's, what's going to get you respect in the clubhouse and get you respect with your teammates. Um, The front office is a whole different beast. They have their own agenda and all that stuff, but what's really going to get you connected with your teammates is just the day-to-day stuff. Doesn't matter what round you're in. Um, But it was, it was an awesome experience. I, uh, like you said, my, couple homers my first career um pro home run was actually a walk-off home run so that was pretty cool yeah Um, but it wasn't it wasn't exactly what you would think so i was in the uh i was in the rookie ball gcl league we played at um one o'clock in the afternoon in the middle
0: of the summer 197 degrees on the gulf coast i'm sure
1: insanely hot and of course this day we had a double header um so i had hit a walk-off home run in the first game of the double header and an exciting moment i was like everybody was pumped i got the gatorade like drenched on me but then we had another game to start in 30 minutes <laughs> i'm drenched like in the minors you don't you don't make a ton you don't get a ton of options of jerseys have and a second stuff.
0: second uniform really
1: no i'm throwing the same <laughs> jersey back on in 30 minutes it's gatorade swamped and gross and I was like, this is nasty. Um, but it was it was just an experience, but it was something that I'll cherish forever and um, but Pro ball does come with its, um, its challenges just like anything else. So it doesn't matter, like we're saying to the guys if you're a first or last rounder, but for in terms of your development and the, like what you're going to be able to do. They got a pay rate, a pay bump this year, but pro baseball, you don't make a lot of money unless you're in the big leagues. You're not even livable until you get to triple A. Yeah. And like people don't understand that. So if you're, if you get a signing bonus, that's a pretty high signing bonus. That's what's going to get you through until you make it to the big leagues through the minors. Yeah. 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 People don't realize that, and they think like, "Oh, you're playing pro ball; like you got all this money in the world." Not the case.
0: No, not no. the
1: case. So and like, for every
0: and for every, you know, first, and there were a few of them in Jersey this year, top three or four round picks. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of guys that are signing for for their signing bonus is twenty thousand. You know, can cap out at twenty thousand.
1: Yeah. Well, and, it's
0: and- it's. And then you throw on the, what, about $500 a month on top of that.
1: It's That's hard. A- yeah. It's, it's extremely hard. And, like, it makes it a little bit easier, like you said, if you sign that big signing bonus. But if you don't, like, to be fully transparent, I was a 34th-round pick as a senior. I signed for $1,000. $1,000. $700 there. Because
0: what leverage did you have?
1: You were no, signing no. anyway. Yeah, they could have gave me a dollar and said, here. Uh-huh. Take it. Um. So, seven hundred bucks after after yeah. uh, taxes. So, like that's that's not even a paycheck. Like, I I didn't yeah. get a I didn't get a signing bonus, and then you got paid. I think it was four hundred and twenty dollars every two weeks.
0: Yeah,
1: and you got to pay the clubby some money. You had to pay for like it was. Yep. You had to pay for the hotel. You had to pay for your meals. Really, like you don't you don't have livable. Like it's not livable. No, like you said, you have a lot of those stories that guys are sleeping in their car and everything, because if if you're from the like the Dominican or wherever and you don't sign for a ton of money or you're a late round guy, you really don't have any money. Yeah, no.
0: And, and so many guys give it up because it's just not worth it. Like they can't was, to keep playing. And that's that's always the, the one that hurts me to see the most yeah is, you know that that they they are moving up the system they're you know they're good players they they could go but they just can't you just can't keep playing yeah
1: have- now yeah and that was obviously a, a part of my decision but it wasn't the full decision at all um i had the benefit of can't say the benefit of covid but i had a lot of time during covid to kind of just reflect with my like, everything going on and I had always been the type of guy that loved training that would like, would love to be in the gym two hours a day, would love to be in the cage for as long as I needed to be. Like just loved you did every, it before,
0: before it became like the popular thing to do. That was you. I,
1: yeah. I just loved it. Like I had, I loved the grind and mm-hmm. I never, like I always felt like I was going to fall behind if I didn't do it. Like I would take my bat on vacation and stuff like that. I was always doing something and it was, I loved it. Like I was never a second thought. And there was a part of me during quarantine and during COVID that I just lost that. And I just lost, like I loved working with the hitters. I love working with my guys. And that brought me the type of joy that I used to get in the cage by myself. Mm-hmm. And then when I would get done training or even before training and I would hit myself, I'd be like, I'm just not into it. Like, yeah. I'd be hitting with our, like, the pro guys, and I'd be, I'd enjoy flipping to them and talking hitting more than I enjoy my round when I'm hitting.
0: Yeah. So
1: then, then it was, was the right time. I mean, just, and I was just,
0: yeah. You're right. You had the, the, ben- well, you're right. It's a weird w- way to say it, but the, yeah. the, the benefit of time anyway to, to really, you know know that that was the right move inside and that's what's gonna you know act two can be just as rewarding or or, or good or whatever is act one you know it, yes it's, it's it is is such an amazing platform you've got to to influence guys but hit you with a couple of quick responses because you've got a uh, a, a like i said a, a a journey that would lend itself to answering a few of these things. yeah sec baseball favorite opposing atmosphere
1: Favorite opposing atmosphere. Um, Arkansas is insane. Um, LSU was really really cool. Um, LSU probably they were so it's going around now of like the like talking to the outfitters. That's mm-hmm. been a thing. That's been a thing. <laughs> like yeah. they they get after you and like they do the left hand right hand this that and the other. They've done it for years. Yeah. And LSU was such a cool environment of like getting on you, but also supporting you. Like I had a t- I had a tough weekend against LSU and I didn't hear one thing bad against me. It was just being like they were competitive. So, for You're yeah. on the other
0: team. That's all. wasn't. It yeah. wasn't signaling you out. It was just, hey, anybody who's on Kentucky who's out here is going to get it.
1: Yeah, and they were just they were they were riding for their team, but they were being respectful about it too. And they were just fun. Like they were cheering me at the end of the weekend because I was interactive with them. Yep. It you're, was just a really cool place.
0: You're in the SEC. It's it's I don't want to say it's like Pro Ball, but the the atmosphere that you're playing in front of every week is might as well be.
1: Yeah, it is uh it's it's special for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, JUCO route. You know, you you did that, right? That that got you to help get you to where you were. Um your thought on 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 guys taking that route and you know how that's become more and more a an important thing.
1: One of the best decisions I've ever made in my career was going to JUCO. I it's just hard, especially now with um especially now with guys like getting recruited so early, it's hard to make that right decision and I think guys make the decision like to go to a school for all the wrong decisions I know I did Mm -hmm. I uh I chose Florida off coast because I was basically going for free and I thought I was going to be able to start early and that it was in, in Florida it was next to the beach like I just picked it for all the wrong reasons and it like wasn't in my heart that it was the right place but it like on paper it was the right place and it just never works out like that now,
0: when did you commit there?
1: I committed there my junior year. So, like, very normal timing. Okay. And now guys are committing freshman eighth grade year that, sometimes.
0: That was going to be my my question. Is It's is insane. The recruiting cycle is ridiculous, isn't it?
1: It really is. And, like, you just can't like, – you're not even 18 at that point. It's hard to make the right decision. So whether it's you're mentally not ready or you're physically not ready or – Your first year of somewhere just didn't work out. Junior college is awesome because it's that stepping stone. And it's so competitive. If you go to the right one, so competitive. But it's it gives you that year or two that you need to either get stronger, figure out what you need mentally or academically. And all of a sudden, when you do get it to that next level, whether it's another division one or D two or wherever you go after you've had college experience, you're now a grown man. And when you go to that next school, that coach is looking for you to be there right away, like be making an immediate impact because you have college experience there. You're not going to be there as a freshman. Like right. you might be in your mind. You're like, Oh, this is a new place. But you've already got two years of – or one year of college experience. You're a veteran at that point. Mm-hmm. So it's, it just – Especially now where it's so
0: tough for a freshman. I mean, it, it was tough before. But, yeah. you know, these next few years, it's almost impossible to get them off the bench.
1: I know. It's hard. And I just think I made – going to Harford was, like I said, one of the best decisions that I made. And it happened – because it was a decision out of my heart it wasn't a financial decision it wasn't any of that it was in my heart
0: okay so so let's just finish up here I know you're you're you got a busy day of, uh, of training guys ahead but yeah. I want to take a few minutes give you a chance to uh, direct people to whatever internet platforms you can guys who don't know you um, so go ahead it's promo time for you
1: yeah you can go follow shin swings on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all of it. Um, I got close to 30,000 followers on TikTok now that I, I put out baseball content and uh, hitting drills and just a lot of mindset, baseball mindset stuff, which is um, I think is really important. Um, I answered DMs, all this stuff, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Um, and then we got something big that's coming up. I'll actually introduce it on here that I haven't, I haven't promoted it yet. Um, we have a high school – Pro camp that's going to be starting. um, It's going to be in uh, November 6th and 7th. It's going to be six local pros. It's going to be Anthony Peroni, who got drafted by the uh, Nationals. Jake Alou that got drafted by the Nationals. Um, Mike Salvatore, that got drafted by the Mariners. Tommy McCarthy, that was drafted by the Phillies. Me, and then um, we're working on Heath Fillmire, that got drafted and has played um, in the MLB with the Royals. So we're working on putting together a one-of-a-kind instructional um, camp and recruiting seminar. We're just so say, I
0: believe they all are Trenton Generals
1: alums at some point.
0: Really, I didn't I know that. I don't know, if, I don't know if Jake is or not, but I I, I feel like he should have been. This wow! Is, yeah, this is all Rad Vanny days and 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 yeah, and Jimmy Mayer. But I think that's a chance for me to, to just remind everybody who won the
1: ACBL this year is what that is. Yeah. You guys had an awesome year, but yeah, it's going to be the six of us and what's cool about it is all six of us actually cover all the positions. So we yeah. got catching, first base, infield, corner infield, outfield, we're pitching, we're going to cover everything and it's going to be a mix of everything we've learned throughout our careers and you're going to get a lot of in, a lot of insight instructionally, but more importantly, we've also all been at different levels of college pro got all of that different experience with the recruiting side. So we're going to have a big recruiting kind of seminar about how to get recruited, what it takes to get recruited, steps of the process and like a unbiased approach on how it all happens rather than going to a college camp and saying, Oh, do this, pay our money. And, and maybe you come here, right? We want to help guys. We're not, we're not in it for come you're, to our school.
0: I was gonna say you're talking about those. That's six guys. That's that's just an amazing group of of guys who are in it for the right reasons too. Yeah, and 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 great with younger guys and and great instructors. So now how do we how do we get on that?
1: Yeah, I'll be putting that out there very soon. We're working on the uh, the complex, so it'll be within the next week. So by the time maybe this gets posted, it'll be uh, open registration. And uh, we'll be we'll be getting after it. It'll be a great, great experience. Must do for high school guys, for sure.
0: Could have been a lot longer. I think we could have gone for hours. So I see a part two in the future here.
1: I, I would love a part two.
0: Excellent. We will we'll probably maybe right before camp then. Let's do it. Yeah. Get a couple of the guys on here. We'll do a pre-camp. Uh,
1: That's, uh, yeah, perfect.
0: Appreciate it, Ryan. Again, Ryan Shin, Jersey Baseball Show this week. Mr. Mr. Central Jersey himself. And uh, certainly a pleasure.
1: Thanks for having me on, Osh. Absolutely. Have a great day, Ray. Have a good day.